Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, from Jakarta to around the world, get ready for the Cutting Oranges Podcast, your window into the world of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club, where you will hear from those that were there from the very beginning, all the way to those who are there now. From the drop catches and the thick outside edges, to the big sixes and the five wicket hauls, and all the big moments in between. So, whether you're stuck in a traffic jam on the way from Chibubur, or heading down to Penchuati on a bus, do yourself a favor and grab yourself an ice-cold bintang as we kick off this episode. Here are your hosts, John Baker and Josh Von Viana. Welcome back for another edition of Cutting Oranges the Jakarta Barbarians podcast. Joining me again today is Joshua Von Vianen, and I'm John Baker. Josh, how are you going there, mate? Baker, good to be back after a, uh, a great interview last week with Barnsley. Uh, I'm looking forward to this cracking, week. Cracking, cracking interview. It was so good. Um, you know, I, I felt like we could talk for hours there and we, we've had to cut it into two parts. So uh, I know there's a lot of buzz around the club this week. Uh, a few guys uh, definitely reminiscing on some of the stories. Well, not just the club, mate. I hear through the grapevine and through some some sort of internet magic that we may be the number one cricketing podcast in Indonesia. And I feel like there may be some stats to back that up. Well, we say that we maybe are the number one cricketing podcast in Indonesia that originates from Indonesia. We don't know what other podcasts are uh, perhaps not produced in, in you know, in, at least partly in Indonesia. Um, but yes, uh, some of the stats from uh, a few days in after the uh, the launch of the pilot, um, and don't forget that was the pilot, uh, we're in six countries. We've been heard in six countries. Um, and a third of the, uh, a third of that came from Indonesia. So uh, definitely taking hold in, uh, in Jakarta and, I'm not going to use the word viral, um, but, you know, it's, it's okay. onwards and upwards. Look, we're not far off from having blokes in Estonia listening to it, to be honest, and then, then we know we're in. Yeah, look, somewhere behind the Iron Curtain would be great. So, um, so look, the countries are just Indonesia, Singapore, Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, and strap yourself in. A big shout out to our listener from New Jersey in the US. Uh, thank you. Thank you for dialing in and uh, we trust that you enjoyed the episode. Yeah, that's Josh, um, did you know? Did you know? Well, you know, we've been talking a lot about drives to Chibabur and traffic, so I thought I'd hit you with some traffic stats. So, Jakarta, 10.5 million people. Pretty big, fairly heavily densely populated. In 2018, there was over 13 million motorcycles and 4.4 million cars on the roads of Jakarta. So hold on, 20... that's 17, sorry, that's 17 and a half million vehicles. Yeah, now and you're there's gonna... only... Yep, I know where this is going. So you're going to ask me how, how the math works out on that one, and I'm going to tell you. That's because uh, a lot of people coming in from the satellite cities to work in Jakarta. So there's okay. a massive daily exodus mm. uh, every afternoon back out to the, to the burbs. To Bogor, Depok, uh, to the Kampung. Yeah, Tangarang, Bekasi. Mm. Um, yeah, so 
2019, there were about 88 million movements per day in motor vehicles. 88 million movements per day. Yeah. So, you know, our, our usual drive to the cricket ground is about, you know, 25, 26 Ks, I believe, depending on what part of Jakarta you're in. If you get if you get blue on Google when you've got no traffic, that take, should only take you half an hour, 25 minutes uh, on the toll road. I think, you know, uh, my personal best would be somewhere around three hours on a Sunday back, back from Chibibor. I remember one particular time where we basically walked across the bridge ahead of the traffic and probably sat. We covered about 700 metres in an hour. So it can get pretty grim. What do they call, do you know what they call a movement? Uh, you know, driving from, say, Jakarta to Chibibor, is that considered one movement or is it the 4,000 stop starts on the brake pedals? Yeah, look, mate, you've called me out a bit here because I'm just reading off a, um, a Wikipedia article and I haven't really done that much research on it. It was more of a, you know, a broad overview of the traffic conditions in Jakarta. That's an uh, example of a little bit of Kiwi admin there, just uh, yeah. for those who have probably picked up a little bit of the Kiwi admin theme from uh, part one last week. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I have been known to dabble in the uh, dark arts of Kiwi admin. We're going to uncover a little bit more Kiwi admin as we go along, I think. Not too much, hopefully, but yes. <laughs> well, thanks, Josh, for that uh, did you know. Very insightful. Um, and uh, the traffic jams are not, uh, not for the faint-hearted. So um, part two with Barnsley now. Uh, what was your highlights from, uh, I guess, the second half with, with Barnsley? Mate, there's, just like the first half, there's a lot of gold in there. There's a lot to digest. It was a, it was a really fun journey going through that with Barnsley. Um, you know, I think I think the biggest highlight for me is answering the age-old question of uh, can you retire fat? Um, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, educational, educational. This podcast. Yeah, exactly. And you know, there's there's some talk about you know uh, JCA rules and umpiring, and there's also some chat stats and some captaincy stats, uh, uh, captaincy chat. Sorry, so. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, mate. It was a, it was a, it was a good story. Fun, very, uh, he's got a very interesting relationship with the captain. That's all has. I'm going to say. He has. Um, yeah, mate, looking forward to it. So let's, let's jump in. All right. Without a further ado, we'll cut to the second part of our interview now and um, enjoy. Bunzi, we discussed the um, highlight or, as, as you may have mentioned, low light of your you know, Jakarta cricketing career with your driver outscoring you um, in a match. I can't remember where it was. Perhaps it was a ball game. I believe that's the story that I've heard. Um, you know, I've got some particular fond memories of playing cricket with you and, you know, um, getting out and about afterwards. But I have got some on-field highlights myself um, related to you. I was wondering if you have any additional highlights, you know, things that you've achieved or particular games that we've won or lost or... Uh, you know, we talked we talked last week about the barbarians have this uh, you know almost unique ability to defeat defend these unbelievably low totals and get off the pitch yeah. pretty early and get stuck into the beers yeah. and we think it's all over. So just wondering if you've got any stories around uh, around you know on field highlights or anything like that. Plenty of low lights, but you know it was a team game. So even in my low lights, we we, we could have won the game. So I think. My uh, my highlights, personal highlights, not team, only selfish team, personal highlights. My 50 against Whiskey. 
though I would add that my 50 games whiskey did come in a T20 game. I think they were more than happy for me to stay in. Um, and I do recall, and I think it's the only time I've ever heard about it, they actually declared <laughs> their first score. So, oh wow, it's lost uh, 50 for me. Um, I was playing the game where the opposition batted first declared, and I think they were more than happy for me to, to nudge around for uh, for 20 overs for my 50. I think they declared anyway. in, a, in a T20 game, yeah, 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 because uh, yeah, thank god, yeah. Oh, you know what, if 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 they hadn't, maybe I would have got 100 because I was only, I think we we're only about 20 short. Was, <laughs> it, a was it a Gandhi score, was it? No, 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 no. This was at uh, Chibabool. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, for sorry, me, for me I, my, um, my, my sort of playing, fondest playing memory um, is actually a Gandhi. I'm pretty sure it was a Gandhi. Is a stinking hot day. We've been out there for a while. I'm not sure if it was a T20 or a 35 of a match, but um, you've been out there batting for some undisclosed period of time. I'm not sure whether it was a long time or a short time, but it was... Uh, five or six hot. hours. Yeah, five or six hours probably. It was definitely <laughs> hot, but um, whatever you'd done out there, whether you were swinging hard and missing or swinging hard and hitting and running quick singles, uh, you ended up being dragged over the pitch, uh, out over the boundary. You weren't even able to sort of make it off the field. You were that shagged. And... Uh, I'm not sure who was the dragger, but I was definitely an onlooker, and you know this is a, this is a particularly fond memory of mine. I think I think what you're describing is my teammates dragging their hero from the battle to the safety of the pavilion. That was it. That was it. Um, yeah, let's throw that in as a highlight because that was a good score. I don't know, we're having a 45 or 40s, but. Um, it was it was again it was it was hot. I probably having a hangover, and I, th I was hoping the batting with Burgess, and he wasn't doing himself any favors because Ben stop scoring once, stop scoring two, stop scoring three, he's hit the bloody boundary. I'm done. That game, I asked to retire, and the JCA rule does not allow you to retire. If you retire, you're out. And and, and that was I asked. Who was the umpire, John? Steve Barber. Steve Barber wouldn't let me retire. Wasn't so, his words? Wasn't his words to you? You know, ladder of tire fat. <laughs> yeah, yes, they were. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm happy to know at least one of the umpires knew all the rules. That's that's also quite amazing. <laughs> so, in, I, I was, I knew I was closing my fifty, but I was nowhere. I, I couldn't retire for right as I was desperately trying to get out so I was just throwing about everything I couldn't eat anything Burgess was getting annoyed because I couldn't run I couldn't hit anything thankfully I even tried to run myself out but twice the, the opposition threw the ball at the stumps not only did they miss the wickets but it went for overthrows as well so, was... so Burgess would have been pushing you for more runs oh yeah so I think eventually I was finally caught and I was done I, I think I just collapsed about two meters from the boundary and, and all I remember was uh just hanking, grabbing my legs and just being dragged across the uh, pitch. And then the burn of the of the boundary rope on, the, on my back. 
I remember that. Yeah, um, you know, looking back at you now, you know, having having seen this, you know, up through my work and experience myself, I, I genuinely think you may have been suffering from heat stroke. Now, maybe less funny, but uh, definitely had all the symptoms, and uh, it was all, it was a lot worse than just a bad hangover. I, I remember it that much. I I, I think uh, I think Barbara had it right. I was just <laughs> carrying a bit too much weight. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a highlight. What one of the team highlights? We talk about highlights. Was beating whiskey. That was a great game. Um, I think the other highlight was when we defended. I think it was around about sixty. I think it was the World Cup when we got a TV into the into the uh, uh, Chibabor sort of pavilion, as it were. Uh, that was great. Yeah, that's right. But that, that was a that was a great game, and that, you know, I think I was there for that. I think Rubes brought down a TV, and it was a New Zealand versus Australia World Cup match. Um, cricket World Cup match that we watched. Uh, yeah, that was a great day. We once again managed to defend this amazingly low total, and um, which gave us a lot of time in the afternoon. So uh, it was a great day. That may have been the day that we also played our uh, ten pin bowling. <laughs> Human ten pin bowling. Yeah, I have forgotten about that. There's a two thousand dollar Herman Miller chair at the. Chibabore Pavilion. This is the old one on top of the hill. And uh, a couple of a couple of Bintangs or San Miguel's too many. And we did in turns to throw ourselves across the uh, the slippery tiles on this Herman Miller chair. There are videos of that somewhere. What it was, we, we, we put cricket helmets on. We, we, we sat on our chairs. I remember, John, you... Did you push me? I think I was on the chair or with a helmet on or was everywhere around and, and, and pushed and just went flying through this. Uh, Ollie was there was, that night. Ollie, Ollie was, was there, there that yeah. night, definitely leading the charge on this one. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's another highlight. Temping bowling. My highlight but, of you, my highlight of you on the field was when I was on the field and you were off the field. And that's not a that's not the start of some weird joke. Um, but that's uh, that was when you were leaving early from Gandhi. It was the final over, and I was we were batted, we were batting first, and I, I just tried to hit the sixes into your car, and I ended up by hitting three sixes straight over your car into the uh, into the Gandhi swimming pool. <laughs> if you to give that incentive to score some runs, this is John two not the not the early years. Yeah, that's right. I also have some very fond memories, uh, Bansi, of you getting your administrative hat on when when needed, uh, deep in discussions about. Uh, you know, playing conditions and whether we should be on or off the field. Uh, you know, it's pouring down with the rain, how it's balancing out points, arguing with opposition teams about, um, you know, particular, you know, there was a couple of teams in particular that we would often have, uh, you know. We enjoyed playing honest, a little Honest bit more. disagreements, <laughs> honest disagreements with. And uh, the one you know, I remember, the one I remember is when he was walking around the boundary, uh, taking videos of an opposition bowler and questioning whether he was chucking it or not. Yes, yes, we did. We did send some videos to the JCA of someone chucking it. Um, we've also taken videos of us walking in in sort of shin deep water and uh, questioning whether these conditions were worth playing in or not. And you know, you've always been there. I think you know. Um, also, when we've had you know issues around uh, points tables or anything like that, you've always sort of been there to lead the charge. Lead the charge. Yes. The. The match where I was taking videos of the guy that was, and he was clearly chucking it. Okay, 
And the umpires were in a very difficult situation. It's, it's very hard to, you know, call a guy who's been playing for years and he's chucking. He clearly was chucking. But you remember that same match? They they won. We were a decent team then. I think they they were they were a decent team. They, they won, and I went in seven or eight, and I was we're not going to win. I think there was two overs left, and he he bowled the last over, and. We were, rightly, in my opinion, probably not in, in the spirit of cricket, but I think rightly we were abusing him from the sideline by calling him all kinds of chucking names. And what he did, actually, when I wrote to the JCA about with a video, and the email was, a, was, was, was very, very long. Do you remember what he did? I don't remember. I have no idea. Full beamer at my head. <laughs> I bought a beamer at you. Yeah. Full beam right ahead. And then I, I ran up the wicket waving my bat, sort of jarfing me in that style at it. The thing is, no one's no one from the Barbarians has been banned, right? So Baldy. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I don't yeah, know who's I think I think Tim Gutzel, who's the most sensible person in the team, I think he was at the other end. Uh I think he was the one trying to calm me down and stop me. This guy, you know, the guy was chucking it. I mean, we were pretty hard on him, but I mean, the guy's not a nice guy. I can't even remember his name. I mean, he's, he's notorious for being a complete knob. Uh, it's not it's not his first issue or running that we had with him. And he felt that he could do what he wanted. Yeah, I think, was it me and dad who was waving the bat at someone or something? And sort of trying to attack, attack it. Was it Dennis Lilly, wasn't it? Yeah, it may have been. Yeah. Very good. I think I'm, I'm gonna on, on, on field highlights. I'm just gonna leave you with this one, and I, I think it's well, definitely for me the most talked about piece of fielding in the history of cricket. Oh, here we go. I know what this yeah. is gonna be. Oh, oh, yeah, oh. I'm not so sure, but I'm worried. Oh, this is. Let me guess. This is gonna be the Karawachi catch. No. What's this gonna be? Vietnam. I was about to ask about tours. Sorry, I thought I thought you took this some. I remember you taking this catch at Karawachi, and we didn't we didn't stop hearing about it for like a year about how athletic you were, and it was a diving catch, and you covered some amazing amount of ground. It was about three steps. Um, and you that know, may have been the case. The There's many of them done, but the, the Vietnam one was sort of you know was it Collingwood in 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 one of the one day games where he's sort of like five feet in the air. Arms stretched out, one one handed. I mean, I, I I think they've they've sort of retired that cricket pitch because they've put a statue of me in that sort of position, um, where the incident took place. It was a little bit like that statue that we saw in uh, the country that doesn't exist, in front of the power in front of the power station. Yeah. <laughs> so, what what is your favourite tour? Uh, Manila. 2014. I mean, Hong, Hong Kong was good, but we didn't actually play cricket. Hong Kong was was good. I mean, you spoke about the... We would have got, uh, got destroyed in Hong Kong, by the way. Yeah, when a former Australian international sort of rocks up and sort of <laughs> bang at number 10, you, who is one to know? I mean... That boat trip, that was legendary. I mean, Josh, you, you told a good story about that on, on, the, on the launch podcast. Um, uh, Vietnam was was okay, but I, I think 
Manila was pretty good. I mean, we had a cracking game as well. I mean, I love the clubhouse. I mean, I, I played a lot of football matches there. Unfortunately, it's locked down there now, the Nomads. Yeah, Nomads, yeah. Um, it, it, it was brilliant. I think Steve Blackser was on there. I think S- Steve had arranged, you know, a, a, a lot of stuff before. I mean, bars, you know, had our banners in there. Uh, it was a good bunch of lads. Just, yeah, Manila for we, me. We did the Manila Bay Cruise. Um, yeah. Champagne Supernova. Sh- yeah, singing Champagne Supernova on a boat um, whilst about 200 people are waiting to board, waiting for two guys to clear off the boat. <laughs> singing. <laughs> the song hasn't finished. We'll get up and the song's yeah. finished. Yeah. No, we need, to, we need to wait for the waves on the outro. We, I think we bought a little piece of maxi bar to uh, to Manila Bay that day. So a question I've got, right, Barnsley, is uh, is on the the colours, um, black, white, and red, uh, and also the logo. I mean, the logo is very English, I would say. But um, any stories around the logo or the uh, or the colours, the club colours? After taking control of everything administration off of the Barbarians, uh, I came up with the logo. I don't know how. Uh, I think I was just doodling in the office, and uh, I think it could be the Barbarians rugby team has a similar logo where the the initials are sort of over. And I don't know if you remember one of the early players, Damien Barden. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah, he worked in design, so I sort of scribbled my idea and the concept, passed it to Damien, and then he got his team to to work on something. So I think it comes out quite nice. Uh, Of course, I'm wearing the cap now, and you were. Now, the colours, John, um, I think you remember that you're responsible for them. I, I, I remember we were black and white and uh, maybe being a little bit selfish. My, my, I, I played for the Magpies uh, growing on, up. John, what, what colours are, are we? We're not really white. We're dominantly which colours? We are black and red and white. Red. But the but dominant colours are black and red. Yeah, I wouldn't put white. And your AFL team playing what colours? Red and white. I thought it was red and black. No, it's red and white. No, so here's, here's, here's my take on the colours. Barbarians, the rugby barbarians play in black and white, but the but they wear the shorts or the socks of their club, right? And that's the whole coming from all different places and, and, and origins. Um, so in keeping with the black and white theme, we were black and white, or I was told we were black and white because we're going to follow the same colour as the barbarians, um, the rugby barbarians. Um, I said... I said, well, let's put a spin on that, right? Let's keep the black and white, but then let's add red in there. And then it's red and white for the Indonesian flag. And then it just so happens that that's also my uh, my AFL team that I support, which is red and white. Um, because I also couldn't live with the fact that we were black and white because growing up, um, I played for the Magpies and we were black and white. And I just found that black and white was a little bland. Whereas when I played for, uh, for, for Brackenridge in, in Brisbane, we were like, purple and light blue and I thought you know what I just want to have a bit of color um and then later on we ended up by getting the baggy cap right which um I think we were the only team to have baggy caps yeah I think remember we sold we sold one in Eastern Promise did we so who can't remember the guy's name we sold a few my my the red on my sides have really faded out you know with uh my years of, of of play but, um, but yeah, no, they were good. I had them ordered from Perth. 
Yeah, they're excellent. Quite warm. Yeah. I feel they're, they're quite woolen. I feel like uh, they, they do get quite hot in the in the tropical heat. But uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> would be my one criticism. But uh, uh, it's great to have. We definitely the, we're definitely the only club that um well, that before, had anything like that. Before the helmet rule came in, it may have been the reason why I actually wore a helmet batting. Was was the helmet was a cooler option than the uh, than the baggy cap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I guess uh, off field, right? Um, we've spoken about a few of those on field memories, particularly uh, your driver having been better batting stats than you. Um, but uh, the, one game, well, one game too many, I would argue. Um, but uh, look off the field. Um, you know, because you were there for a good four or five years, right? I think you left in uh, 2016. So, you know, it's a good four or five years at the start there. What, what are your, some of your memories and highlights off the field? Far too many. I mean... Big sigh. Oh, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say they were necessarily fond memories, but, I mean, the thing is, living in Indonesia is no day is the same. And you know, I've been back here five years and... The, most of my friends I'm well, closer actually expats because you talk about fond memories and I'm, I don't know if you could categorize fond memories, but, you know, having death and kidnapping threats, having your office bombed, um, evacuating your office and your home, earthquakes, being in floods, um, walking through riots. Riots were fantastic because, I mean, you'd, you'd have these riots and you could just casually walk through them and you'd, you'd get a little cheery back of my arm. <laughs> and there's rock thrown everywhere and you're sort of walking through. Um, memories, yeah. Uh, Miss Indonesia studying my Rolex through witchcraft, uh, dating the Princess of Borneo. I mean, the, the, there's, there's, there's many memories that will probably live for another podcast. I don't guys and fond memories but I think for the fond ones I think they all come back to whether it's the social you know the, the post match being whether it's with the my football team the, the, the Wanderers or the Lions and then towards you know with the Barbarians um, or even gate crashing a hard rock cafe launch party John and Walking out of a cardboard cutout of Austin Powers and Felicity Shagwell. I remember that, yes. And getting it in the back of our cars. and It was a, it was the a feature, of, feature of the clubhouse for a while, yeah. Yeah, they didn't have at the clubhouse, yes. It, you know, these are just silly things. Here. So those, collectively, it's, it's the social side. I mean, the clubhouse is special. I mean, Mark Sims, he did an app. I mean, he did an incredible I mean... There was times when there's a lot of hard work doing the admin and, and there's some people who really stepped up, you, you too. But Mark Sims, some of the things he used to do, you know, the, 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 the what is it, the merchandise and the clubhouse, it was special. I mean, great time just having your own space upstairs. I mean, we talked about on, on the launch the, uh, with the, the Rugby World Cup. Yeah. I mean, everybody was packed out and we had our own place. I think we had about, what? 30, 40, 50 people in there. It was just, just brilliant. Um, again, collectively, Maxi Bar, fond memories, John. Just, yes. you know, <laughs> ourselves, <laughs> bottle of vodkas, you know, a, a, an old Apple computer and a playlist. That's right. So actually, uh, Maxi Bar is the first bar I ever went to in Jakarta and it was, 
you know, part of my journey with the Barbarians, I think, was a post-match. I had um, gone back to Bogle for a shower, which was stupid, and had got on a train and come all the way back into, would have caught the train to uh, probably Pasamengu Station, and then it would have been about 45 minutes on a motorbike or something to get into Block M, and uh, we ended up in Maxi, and, you know, I sort of like everybody was there. I think um, Baldy was there, and I didn't realise his name was Robert Baldwin until... Many years later, I thought it was because he was bald. He always had a hat on. I don't know. I just assumed that he didn't have any hair. And like all those original guys were there that night. And that was my sort of first foray into to Jakarta nightlife was with you guys. And it was sort of focused out of Maxi Bar. Yeah, was, so, that was fun. I think so, when do I came remember, back... so do you remember this one at Maxi Bar? Um, I remember one night you and I were in there. And it was a Tuesday or a Wednesday night. It was a work night. And... Uh, you and I both had some important work meetings or something the next day. And we, we, we both told our drivers that, Hey, look, you know, you need to drag this out at 11 o'clock. Um, whatever, we whatever we say, you have to drag us out. Yes. You have to drag us out. We, yeah. If we kick and scream, if we tell you to piss off or whatever, you have to drag us out kicking and screaming. And I remember, I remember they came in and I think we were half halfway through a bottle of vodka or something. And they came in and you and I were in deep, musical debate about which was the best in excess song or something and uh in these theoretical debates that we used to have on 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 music uh, and they walked in and i i remember i was just abusing the hell out of them and telling them to, to basically fuck off back to the cars um and, and that to not to worry about what uh, the sober versions of us had, had said to them three hours earlier and uh i remember we got kicked out of the bar that night probably with another bottle of vodka through us and uh we well, walked out well i'm just gonna stop you there i've never heard of anybody being kicked out of any bar in jakarta they were closing up they were closing up okay 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 now, the thing the, the great thing about maxi bar was you could actually you know run rampant in there and they'd welcome you back with open arms the next day you're never gonna get banned <laughs> or kicked out right they were getting kicked out because uh they just had enough of us uh and wanted to go home and sleep so we walked out, I think, at one or two o'clock in the morning, and our drivers were both asleep in, the, in in our respective cars. And we would have knocked on the window and said, "Why didn't you wake us up? Like it's your fault that I've now got to endure the pain of the next day." And I remember I was hurting the next day after that one particular session. So I put that down to that's your fault, Barnsley, for that one. It's a, you're talking about fondest memories, and that's one of the things that you know, coming back five five years now is you must feel the same. If you wanted to go out, if you wanted a beer. You, you could do one or two things, just send a group message out in the old days, BBM or then WhatsApp, somewhere, someone, someone's out. And even if they weren't, you, you could just walk into a bar and, and get chatting. I think Lenza EP was a genius at that. If he saw you alone, he'd, he'd go around, connect you, or he'd even have a chat with you. That Coming back to the UK, that was hard because trying to get anyone out, non-expats, sort of get them out for a drink you need about two weeks notice and I find myself it's quite sad this is not very sad but I find myself sort of in the first year just going to bar sit, sitting on my own <laughs> on my whatsapp probably chatting to you John or just talking about Mac uh, those, those are the fun memories the collective fun memories were you controlling their playlist like you used to at Maxi Bar well two questions when I walked into any bar and when I Move back. I was going around the country a lot, so I'd often stay over places place I'd never been to because I'd been out in Asia twenty years. So I'd go around around the around the UK and Durham or Stockport or these, these places around and drop my bag and go straight out. So 
I'd had two questions. One, can I buy a bottle? And second, up on the playlist. No, no. <laughs> Do you remember when Maxi Bar closed down? Because uh, I remember stealing a stool. I remember stealing a stool, and uh, I think you and I were the last ones in there. And mm. um, you know, we were playing a few tunes, and uh, you know, for, for the last time. And I remember walking out with a stool, saying, "I'm going to keep this." And I think I moved apartment two or three times in Jakarta with that stool. Um, and then uh, when I left Jakarta. Well, I, I tell you what I did. Um, when I left Jakarta, I didn't take it with me. But what I did do is I donated it back to Enzo's Lounge, um, which had opened down the road um, on their launch night. So I'm hoping that it, it came full circle. And I do hope it still exists somewhere in Jakarta um, being fondly looked at or sat on. Or fallen off. Or is this the same stall that Enzo infamously broke? No, but it would have been a similar model or replica. <laughs> Now time for the last over. Six questions to end the inning. Okay, Barnsley, the final six. Here we go. Uh, short, sharp. A little Hang bit on. like most of your innings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you're right. It's definitely six. You're not bowling, John. We're not. We're not going to have. Uh, no, it's only six. And and you're thinking of Sam, maybe. Um, so, who did you enjoy batting with the most? Um, Ruben. He just made me laugh. Favourite post-match watering hole? To a ball clubhouse. You mean in the pavilion after the game? The, the, the tin shed, yeah, the clubhouse, yeah. Yeah, yeah brilliant. All the Who time opened... in Gannon when we actually carried on drinking and there was a football match afterwards and they had to play around us. And everyone else went to our Cafe Batavia, I think. And uh, you and I were just sitting there watching the sunset. Um, who opens the batting in your first 11 out of all the Barbarians players that you know? Well, I'm, I'm putting myself in there. Okay. Before I carry on, before I, before I carry on, have we got two umpires? How does that make a difference? Because if there's only one and I'm out first, I'm doing square leg and I don't want to do square leg. <laughs> Um, so let's let's base it on we've got two umpires, yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Well, actually, the, the uh, we've uh, it's grown quite a bit since those days. We have uh, two neutral umpires supplied each game, so no one has to field it squarely and uh, umpire it squarely anymore. Right. So I, I I'm in. So the question is, who who am I open the batting with? Mm. I mean, I'd like to say Burgess, but he's not getting it. I mean, we we spoke earlier about you know that he's trying to kill me, and and I still have visions at night of when. Ben was running, I think he was running the sixth run because of overthrows and I was on the floor and he's, he's running, waving his bat at me. Barnsley, Barnsley, run, run. No, he's not opening with me. Uh, you know what, John? I'm going with you. John, see, see John there. We're, not, we're not running quick singles. We're not running threes, are we? No, nah, I don't think you've seen Baker, Baker run a three. Yeah, so yeah, John. I'm I'm opening and I'm 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 opening with you. You want the first ball or you want me to take it? Me. Okay. Who's your favourite cricketer of all time? Not in the Barbarians. Well, it could be in the Barbarians, but this is all cricket. Dermot Reef, Glass and Small, Robin Smith, Alan Donald. I mean, Vincent's middle name is named after Dermot Reef, so we'll go with Dermot Reef. Okay. You are stuck in traffic. Can I say the Barbarians? 
I've just knocked him. But then Burgess, when you hear this, you're my favourite barbarian. <laughs> favourite to watch, but not favourite to bat with. I'm not on his level. You know what? We talk about trying to a good balance of of shits and giggles with the the barbarians, but when Burgess came in, he he added that it was professionalism and, and that um, white line fever. Honestly, I think if Burgess hadn't come in that time, we, we would have just faded like Toppy. You're my favourite, Ben. <laughs> You're stuck in traffic coming back from Chibabal. Who do you have in the car with you? Obviously, Echo. He's the best driver. Uh, up front. Cover driver or car driver? Uh, Echo. Well, Echo's driving. I, you know, he was wonderful. So up, up front, um, I'll put the stories. The clackers. I like it. You can have two or three other people. You've got a few seats in the car. I haven't finished. I haven't finished. I've got, I've got two spots left. Um, tunes. Ah, oh, John, I guess it's you again, isn't it? You're open the batting and you're in my car. There's not much room, though, is there left? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got, you know, who else I want? You know, there was a couple of times where we actually threw the kits into someone else's car and we all like folded down the final, the last two seats in the back row. So the Dickie seats in the back, eight yeah. people. So, you know, if it's yeah. one of those sessions, you could actually jam in eight people or I guess seven people plus driver. I've got, I've got Ollie in the front. You'd have, me in the fr- you'd have me in the front because that way I could control the music. No, nah, keep Ollie in the front. And also for the leg room. He'd be all over the place, wouldn't he? Um, We've got one more pa- early days. Pat Savini, do you remember Pat? The guy, uh, uh, the bass player at, um, at Bats, who used oh, to pick. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, I remember him. Yeah. You know what? I'm going with Saul. Going with Saul. I mean, h- however fun the car will be, you need to have it pegged down a level, and I think Saul, Saul will just bring <laughs> us back to a level. You could have Enzo, but I, you don't want to peak too early. Enzo for for the bar afterwards. So yeah, I've got Ollie Ollie up front. Uh, you in the back for the tunes, and we're squeezing because Saul's a big lad as well. I mean, yeah, um, yes, so and, and we can target him as well, can't we? We've <laughs> quite great questions, still makes me laugh. Yeah, last question, last ball. It's a tight game in the JCA final, of course. We're in that final. Um, one over to go. Who do you trust to bowl us to victory? Oh, there's only one, Lindsay Wood. Ooh. I mean, I've, I've never seen anyone attack him. First ball, player miss. Second ball, player miss. Third ball, edge. Baker's caught it. Game over. Have you ever seen Baker drop a catch? Yes, loads. Yeah, that's what I thought. He tried to claim that he's never dropped a, uh, a when? catches. So when? When? Oh, I remember you dropped three in one game. This isn't making the final. That's cut. right. Yes. This is not making the yes. final. Cut. Yes. I remember this now. Thank you. He, he, so needed... he had the name of Buckets after that day. No longer called him Buckets, did we? That's right. No. Thank release. you very much, Bunsy. That's, uh, if anything, you know. I don't recall, I don't recall this. <laughs> I'm happy to have someone back me up. It's been valuable to have you on and hear the stories, but. Uh, yeah, for me, that's the most important thing. Baker was making some outrageous claims of never dropping a catch in the slips. Oh. And I, I couldn't pinpoint he wanted specific matches, you know, names. But now that you've brought up the game where he dropped those three, I believe it was the So Chibibor. which game was this? 
It was at Chibibor. Yeah. Do you know what? You actually did catch one and you caught an absolute stinger towards the end. It was, it was the hardest one. Same game. Hardest one. Oh, then the other three weren't catchable, so then you can't call them catchers. Echo was warming up on the sidelines, getting his whites on, and 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 you caught that one. Are you saying this? Are you saying this is the game where obviously, uh, so obviously that game we tried, we we would have had two or three slips, or you know, two slips and a gully, but because we had the drivers, I've had to cover this cordon and, and the gully, and uh, you can't really say the ones that go through gully without a gully there that that's a drop catch. What drivers weren't playing? They were about to come on. Why were they about to come on? Because you get dropping catches. <laughs> As the uh, disclaimer at the end of this says, recollections may vary. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, Barzi, for uh, for joining us, and uh, obviously great to catch up. You can um, to remember the old times. Yeah, mate, great to see you. Good to see you're in good health and. Um, you know, awesome to hear those uh, those fledgling stories of the barbarians. And you know, I think I think finding that email is is something that was totally unexpected. And I think that's a piece of barbarians history right there. And uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how some of those names are still around. And, you know, some of them aren't. But you know, really for me, being able to visualize that meeting, you know, having been around the group long enough, you know, I could fill in the gaps. It's uh, yeah, it's really awesome to see. That was very good. So the 10-year the, the date, the, the 10-year anniversary, obviously is going to be 22nd of July 2022. And sort of second or third week of July is normally when the, there's the Lord's Test match. So, I mean, if we can do anything for this podcast is, is, is to get the guys on board for a 10-year anniversary tour. I mean, I'd love to do some of the, the scenic and... Uh, Famous grounds of England, Ireland, Holland, and this 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 is something that we gotta uh, put together. Big call to action there. I love it. Dust Amazing. off your hall passes, guys. Get your favors in with your uh, with your wife or girlfriend now, because uh, come July 2022, Barnsley has thrown open a Barbarians tour of the UK. So. Uh, Put that in the uh, schedule now. And watch, watch. I think it's England, England, New Zealand's in June, but I think it's England, South Africa. Dates are not set, but it's normally that time is England, South Africa. We can get a, um, you know, 10 or a block at Lords. I mean, a lot of, lot of people have not been to Lords yet, have they? I mean, John, you went to it two years ago, was in the members? I've, I've, yeah, no, I've been there, yeah. I've been there a few times. I went with uh, Pommy Tim, went with yourself, went, I think, yeah. Uh, Corbett's been there as well with us. So, um, no, very. A great day out. So awesome. July 2022. Let's put it in the uh, let's put it in the in the calendar. And with that, uh, I'd like to uh, thank you once again, Barnsley, for uh, joining us today. And uh, Josh, my trusty sidekick, thank you for your uh, invaluable inputs. And uh, until next week, witness the fitness. You've been indulging in the Cutting Oranges podcast. <laughs> Hosted by John Baker and Josh Von Vianen. A walk down memory lane of the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Jakarta Barbarians Cricket Club. Stories on this podcast may be embellished by the guests, and recollections of these events may vary. If you never look at an orange the same way again after hearing this, 
then we have served our purpose. Until next time, we'll get you to push back down to third band to save the boundaries from all those edges coming through. Sweet, that's awesome. <laughs> I hope that comes out well. You just don't know. <laughs>